everybody, and welcome to this most taxing episode, episode 12 of Radio Podcast. Post-April 1st, we're your April Fools. Speak for yourself. Oh, oh, sure I am. What? Sorry, you didn't think I was haven all these jokes for later. I made a pun last week, of which I wish to apologize profusely, that does not give you free reign for punning. <laughs> I will get the buzzer. <laughs> oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here's the problem. It's too late. We've missed our introductions. Here come the top stories. Top stories. Flint, Michigan update. Well, we didn't have an update on the burglary news that we covered last week. It's still an inside job. That said, we do have an interesting update, don't we, Diana? Oh, things have been happening in the last 24 hours (laughs) in regards to this story. It's a little gleeful over there. Do tell, do tell. Well, uh, a lawsuit was filed Wednesday, April 6th, in Flint U.S. District Court, alleging that Snyder, who is the governor of Michigan, his former chief of staff, and some others attempted to balance the Flint city budget uh, using a pattern of racketeering activity. Oh, 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 oh. this doesn't sound good. Anytime you hear the words U.S. District Court and racketeering... Why would you think that there would be a problem? <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, we're just bootlegging some fresh distilled water, aren't we? Yeah. Well, so a little bit of backstory. Like The whole state of Michigan was pretty well and truly fucked um, financially. And a lot of different cities, um, Detroit and Flint both included, were under um, city managers because they were bankrupt essentially and this was um the way that they were supposed to get into some type of financial alignment and well what the lawsuit alleges is that basically the officials tried to balance the city budget like it was a business and you can't run a government the same way that you would run a business which is something that uh, unless you pay attention to political things, you might be saying, well, why not? Because there needs to be a certain amount of debt that's incurred to make the city's budgets to actually work. So to sum up, it's run for the people as opposed to for profit. Exactly. You're not supposed to run a city for profit. The city should be run as a not-for-profit, not as a business. And what they're saying, I'm sorry, the lawsuit is alleging... is that officials misrepresented the suitability of the Flint River water as a city's drinking water source for roughly two years <laughs> and build yeah and they build Flint residents at rates that were the highest in the nation for water that was unusable resulting in the city's budget deficit being reversed so ultimately the lawsuit claims that the actions resulted in a million surplus for the city. Uh Where did that money go? (laughs) Well, 
because the Flint water was so unsafe and because they were billing residents and getting payments, you can also add in charges of mail fraud and water fraud <laughs> because people were paying through the mail and online using their credit cards. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely piece of logic. Please carry yeah. on. <laughs> well, that that's the, the summary of the lawsuit. It's it kind of a nice little bit of sweet justice. <laughs> But um, so that happened Wednesday and then um, a letter came out on Thursday, the 7th of April, from uh, Maryland's Democratic Representative Elijah Cummings, who was the highest ranking Democrat to oversee the congressional hearings when Rick Snyder made his little sworn testimony um, on March 7th to the Oversight uh, Committee. And basically, uh, he sent a letter to Snyder's office saying, your actions raise grave concerns about the accuracy of your testimony. <laughs> That's some good legal language for, we all don't think you tell the truth. Yeah. So Rick Snyder said that he was in uh, daily conversations with the mayor of Flint while all of this was going on. And basically, the testimony that he gave stated that Quote, he was working with local leaders rather than marginalizing them in response to the crisis. And this appears to, quote, directly contradict his actions. <laughs> so Cummings is performing an investigation and requested that Snyder provide all emails, communications and other documents relating to how long you and your staff planned, developed and released the 75 point plan including all internal discussions about how and when to involve the mayor. Last week, we talked about his 75-point plan action items like lowering mortgages and uh, some other just kind of general BS, happy, happy word uh, action items that I didn't think would really produce too much of a positive change in Flint. But it looks like now this whole action plan was developed in the closet without any actual request <laughs> for input as to what would help the city of Flint. Like, I don't know, just paying to have all the water lines replaced. Or paying off all their houses and giving them enough money so they can move somewhere where they can actually thrive, drink the water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to play a Tom Lehrer song at this point. <laughs> It'll be interesting because, you know, I wonder how much of those communication documents were the ones that were stolen. Oh, that'll be uh, interesting, so, won't it? Yeah, uh -huh. this little story went from just kind of uh, something we were going to give you guys a quick update on to slightly more involved and interesting, in my opinion. Let's hope in two weeks' time we will fully be able to say that it got real. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh, it's already very real for the people yeah. who live there, but it hasn't been real enough yet for Snyder. I'm just, uh, I'm just really happy that the charges were brought forward, and I'm glad that they were kind of able to, uh, to rope the mail fraud and the wire fraud in, um, as though the racketeering wasn't uh, bad enough. 
Yeah, I, I kind of hope now that as a child he was taunted on the schoolyard with Snidey, Snidey, Snider, Snidey, Snidey, Snider, Snidey, Snidey, well, Snider. And if not, you heard it here I'm first. Say, if, it, if it didn't happen in the schoolyard, maybe it'll happen in the prison yard. <laughs> and that may be the most of his concerns. Oh, do we have any other updates that we need to uh, get into here? How about some Trump news? Nope. Still no. We went over Not this happening. last week. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I, I can't deal with, uh, you know, any more bad talks that Melania tries to give or him having his surrogate Skeletor. Uh, <laughs> what the hell's her name? And Coulter. <laughs> it could be even more, more fun. We, we could... Use some audio clips from Palin. Nope. No, I'm going to draw the line on that one. Ain't happening. They will be the rootinest, tootinest audio clips that you ever done heard. <laughs> They'll be the best rootinest, tootinest audio clips. Because <laughs> he's got the rootinest, tootiest audio clips. And they are the rootinest, tootiest audio clips. <gasps> All right. Well, we said those no. Audio clips, no, no more. Those no. audio clips. No more. You can see Alaska from those audio clips. <laughs> oh, I think we've got another big story we need to get to. Should we be getting? <laughs> yeah, we be getting. All right. Main story. The Panama Papers um, is a massively breaking news story at the moment, which uh, I think as the revelations from it become clearer, the ramifications of this are going to be worldwide. To to bring you a little bit up to speed uh, in terms of what we know on a, a damp Thursday evening, uh, it's a roughly two terabyte data drop delivered to a German newspaper. Yeah, the uh, Panamanian law firm Mosik Fonseca had 11.5 million pages worth of documents stolen or let's go with liberated. Um, (laughs) These were passed on to the German newspaper, and thank you, Rob, for letting me say this, Süddeutsche Zeitung, about a year ago. Um. I've kind of been out of this news loop uh, the last couple of days, been home sick with the little ones. So I am going to let Rob take the lead on the story. Okay. So as Anna said, they came from this Panamanian law firm, Mossack Fonseca, who are one of many firms who create, manage, organize, somehow get involved with a lot of shell companies, which are used by the rich and powerful and otherwise to hide money from the tax man. So they, they are the most delicious sounding law firm. Anytime I hear it being mentioned, Mosek Fonseca just sounds like a fruity drink, but then you mentioned Panama and I might need a vacation. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> sorry. At sorry the very least a fruity you. drink. Yeah. Sorry. As I said, my <laughs> Most important really news story of the year. And can I get a fruity drink? Mosak Fonseca sounds I, I, delicious, is all. 
it's sort of a a white, almost a, maybe a, a white zinf, slightly sparkling, because why the hell not with a chunk of pineapple in it yes. and possibly a piece of cheese. Thank you. I, I'm i going to go to the fridge. Rob, tell the good people what is going on. I think I have to go mix a drink. Diana is going to the fridge. I'm going to mix a drink. <laughs> Carry on. I'll be back. <laughs> so um, what occurred was that... Uh, the German newspaper was approached. Yes, I can hear you put in the. Go ahead. Are, are you finished shaking that? Go on. Two sips. She's drained the pint of sangria. <laughs> yeah. Sick Sip. little one. I had a sick little one. Uh, any excuse with you isn't it i had a hard day i had a good day i had a day the sun was up the sun went down not here without a frown yes the people want her story i'm trying to tell it all i get from you is "Mm, mm, 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 that tastes so good Can I carry on now? May I please? All right. So the the newspaper was approached by essentially a, a John Doe saying, I have these documents. Would you be interested? And they said, yes, roughly two terabytes. As they had mentioned, about 11 and a half million pages of data. So the German reporters turned to a group that's based in Washington called the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists which is 11-person subunit of the Center for Public Integrity. These groups have worked before and recognize that this story is global. This is the rich and powerful around the world taking their money, hiding it from everybody, and then keeping it to themselves, which is partly why we hit the economic skids, because when the money supply dries up, because when the money that would be going into the economy otherwise disappears, it all grinds to a halt. So our taxes go up to pay for the stuff we need because these people are not paying their fair share of the burden. So the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, ICIJ, contacted reporters in around about 45 countries over the past year to have them drill down in some of the smaller areas to to allow them to be more focused on tracking some of the particular individuals named in this there are some big names vladimir putin i didn't think it was him directly i thought it was one of his cronies it it is i i believe the relationship is that the man is his cellist okay see i have a very close relationship with my cellist i let them there's several of them and they are in charge of all of my tax and financial decisions because we all know cellists are Notably good with money. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, to the tune of probably several billion dollars. Um, I don't know so, how you're hiding your billions, but yes, through my cellist. And do you see how comfortably I'm sitting? <laughs> it's not all nickels and dimes. There's a couple of quarters in there. So, yeah, I mean, money was moved in and out and around. And while it wasn't necessarily Vladimir Putin himself, it was people very closely connected with him. 
on the UK side, and this side has really not had the attention that I think it should have had in the UK yet. David Cameron. Yeah, he is heavily implicated on the grounds that his father set one up. Now, set up one of these shell companies. Yeah, and I, I again, have been out of the news loop, but again, I heard... Um, uh, David Cameron's the British Prime Minister. Not that out of the news loop. <laughs> but thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, yeah. I had I'd rather not know he was the British Prime Minister, I can tell you that for nothing. I had heard that his father's company had been transferred back to Ireland prior to him passing away, and I think that's how the connection is, is that, you know... When his father passed away, all this stuff went to him. And, well, if he's holding a shell company, that's, I don't know, some people might see it as a problem. Uh, it is because he's made these high grandstanding moralizing statements about tax avoidance and how it's, uh, if not a crime, then it's certainly an immoral behavior and yada yada people should be paying their fair share. And then he settles with Google and Starbucks for pennies on the pound. Mm. Roughly 10% of what they they actually owed in tax was settled on. Ugh. Yeah, huh? Must be nice, huh? Well, and, and Iceland there's... lost their prime minister. He was forced to resign because of his... Uh, oh, yeah. Because of all of his ties. Oh, and there's also a great story um, where... <laughs> uh, there's this... Uh, a guy, uh, let's see, did I get his right name? Dominic Grieve, I believe, is the particular individual, was on BBC Radio 4's The Today program and was arguing that we shouldn't close down these tax havens, even the ones that are on islands that are part of the UK sovereignty. They fall underneath the purview of Her Majesty the Queen. Mm that we shouldn't close these tax havens because it was these people's source of income. Yeah. Now, excuse the fuck out of me, pal, but you're offshoring these funds to hide them from the British taxman to pay for the schools and hospitals and infrastructure that you're now selling off because you argue that they're not well-funded enough. Yeah, the, the the British Virgin Islands with the uh, the vast majority of uh, the location of where these companies were incorporated. Um, coming in second was Panama, uh, the Bahamas, the Seychelles, which, you know, if you're a listener over there, I'm sure you're doing Hi. nothing wrong. Hi. Um, <laughs> Can we come visit? <laughs> um, yeah, there were... Samoa, British Antigua, um, Nevada. That's not okay. Um, so th yeah, <laughs> running through this list. Um, I, I've, I did hear a report on NPR this morning going into detail, uh, how many Chinese officials are implicated, which, is a bit of a problem because the Chinese president has come down extremely hard recently on uh, anti-corruption and um, just trying to break down these types of 
situations and several family members of his have been mentioned in this. Um, you know, thankfully, no one in China knows that because of the state controlled television or else he could be facing some significant backlash. But, you know, so he seems safe. You don't have to worry too much about that. Yeah, and it, it is uh, President Jing Jinping's family members who are implicated. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's also King Salman of Saudi Arabia, uh, Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko, uh, the footballer Lionel Messi. Yeah, Syrian President uh, uh, Bashir al-Assad's cousin. So <laughs> we're getting some closeness there. And... and um, you know, uh, somebody else who I thought was beyond reproach, um, Gianni Infanto, the new president of FIFA. I mean, FIFA has long been an upstanding institution of, uh, you know. It's the benchmark I work to. Yeah. I mean, I can only hope that I can someday. Live up to its high ideals. Yeah. It, I want somebody to look at the work I, I think... that I do and be like, you know. This is a FIFA. She set has of plans. the balls of FIFA. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, again, I've I've been touching base a little bit here and there, but it looks like this is just the the tip of the iceberg for. Especially where, as they haven't even dug into all the American names yet. Yeah, that has been starkly uh, missing from these lists. There, there has not been a lot of Americans named, and I don't believe that's because there weren't a lot of Americans doing it. So no, it's more <laughs> at the moment is more a case of they have so much yeah. stuff to go through that they they managed to wait as long as a year before breaking this story. Um, and then it was coordinated across all these news agencies involved that they would go at the same time. Mm. And they've been absolutely and utterly paranoid about security um, to the point where uh, it was known to all of the journalists that if you misplace your phone, you have to let somebody know. Yeah. Um, do not use any electronics on an open Wi-Fi network mm. anywhere. And they they have just been um, masters at keeping this completely under their hat from some people who I'm sure would have been very interested in their activities a little sooner. Um, Probably FIFA would have liked to know this, whatever it was, four months ago when they <laughs> voted Sepplatter Sepp out and Infanto in. No, it would... Um, Possibly have upset their apple cart a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh... <laughs> but it, it's funny that um, if we go back in time, that uh, Charles Dickens, there was uh, this is more well known and regarded story, the the Pickwick Papers. There was an earlier draft, and I have a copy of it, and. I can read some of it to you. So, um... No. What? If there's a puns involved, I might have to choke you. No, no puns. I was simply going to produce the original audio recording of the uh, draft that 
um, Dickens had got for the Pickwick paper, well, what became the Pickwick paper. Dickens, by Charles Dickens, Chapter One. The first ray of light which illumines the gloom and converts into a dazzling brilliancy, that obscurity in which the financial history of the public career of the immoral pigstick would appear to be involved, is derived from the perusal of the following entry in the Panamavian papers, which the editors of these papers feel are the highest pleasure in laying before his readers, and as a proof of the careful attention, indefatigable acidity, and discrimination with which his search among the multifarious documents confided to him has been conducted. Uh, May 12, 1827. My Sachs phone Sachs, Esquire, PIMP, providing international monetary planning, President, Vice President Cleaner of Shell Games International, presiding, uh, and the following resolutions uh, unanimously agreed to. That this association has heard read with feelings of unmingled satisfaction and unqualified approval. The paper communicated by Cameron Pickstick, Esquire, P.O.S., and Position Offending Society, entitled Speculations on the Source of the Hampstead Funds, with some observations on the theories of tax haven, and that this association does hereby return its warmest thanks to the said Cameron Pigstick, Esquire, P.O.S., for the same, that while this association is and deeply sensible of the advantages which must accrue from the undertaxed in the cause of further filling their pockets, and from the production to which they have just adverted, no less than from the unwearied researches of Cameron Pigstick Esquire, POS, in heresy, I have retired Brexit, and all's well with me, but they cannot but entertain a lively sense of the inestimable benefits, which must inevitably result from the carrying of the speculations of that learned man into a wider field, from extending his travels, and consequently enlarging his sphere of observation, to the advancement of the sell-off, and the diffusion of learning as to render it thoroughly dilute, that, with the view just mentioned, this association has taken it to the serious consideration of a proposal emanating from the aforesaid Cameron Pigstick Esquire, P.O.S., and three other pigstickers herein named for the forming of the new branch of the United Pigstickians, and under the title of the Corresponding Society of the Pigstickianian Club, that the said proposal has received the sanction and approval of this association, that the Corresponding Society of the Club uh, is therefore hereby constituted, and that Cameron Pigstick Esquire, P.R.S., Randy Poutine Esquire, and Augustus Snowdcoke Esquire, and Foreskin Wrinkle Esquire are hereby nominated and appointed members of the same, and that they be requested to forward from time to time authenticated accounts of their journeys and investigations of their observations to the character and manners and of the whole of their adventures together with all the tales and papers to which local scenery or associations may give rise to the pigstick club stationed in Panamavia. To be continued. I think his edits uh, to 
change it were <laughs> well advised and uh, he punched it yeah. up the, the 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 published version may have punched things up a little bit you can certainly see that he was riffing on a theme at that point um international financial intrigue was certainly keenly on his as, mind as in all uh all writers I feel like that's the way most stories start. Anne of Green Gables, Interview with a Vampire. It was all first drafts were very. Apart from Fifty Shades of Grey, <sighs> which was written on toilet paper. We can't account for all tastes. And that doesn't account for any. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's let's wake our listeners up with the audio cryptic word search. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fine. <laughs> audio cryptic word search it is. And to that I say, moving on. Audio cryptic word search. If this were a 12-step program, we'd be done. But we're not. Row 12 of 15 starts here. N. Not taxed. X. X rated movie moolah. O. Originally named Shell Companies. Y. You think the peeps will never notice. Q. Quick, hide the loot. E. Equatorial. L. Laundering. H. Helmet. O. Over corruption. U. Under the table. B. Bonnet. W. Woodland. K. Kilos of cocaine money. F. Fedora. H. Harboring funds. And the search word this week is tonight. T- tonight, tonight, tonight. Whoa. <laughs> Gonna make it right. Sorry, I can't. That's the first thing that pops in my head. <laughs> I don't know what's in your air tonight, but it seems to be the genesis of your madness. I, I tell you to jack it in, but I see that there's no jacket required. I told everybody that this was a pun-free zone, Robert. Uh, don't make me a liar. <laughs> you started singing. I started punning. You started singing. I started punning. This one, we just apologize to everyone. And to each other. For everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get towards the end of the episode? Yeah, clearly we're punchy, so let's go. (laughs) Hey, Robert, guess what? The people love us. Even after what we just did in the previous section. The people loved us. <laughs> oh, the past tense sounds so good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that might be oversimplifying things and tooting our own horns, but... <laughs> That's okay. Yeah.
<laughs> I, we can kind of do that a little bit, a little bit, because um, kind of exciting. Uh, over 900 plays through SoundCloud now. So um, thank you for those who've listened through SoundCloud, downloaded through SoundCloud, downloaded through iTunes, or any of the other myriad of ways of downloading podcasts that have baffled me when I've looked at them because I'm starting to feel old. <laughs> Well, we also want to thank everybody who's been listening to our music halls. Uh, Mr. James Secord graciously provided all of that music for us, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We are working on some other off-week projects, um, some more music. We hope to be able to secure an interview with Mr. Secord himself. Um, but... It's a little difficult to pull him away from the orchestra, but we'll we'll explain all that when we get to him. Um, and with all of that stuff going on, we still do have time for you. Um, if you or someone you know has a creative venture that they would like to promote, podcast, uh, YouTube channel, web series, whatever, uh, please get in touch with us or have them get in touch with us. Uh, we've mentioned it every week. We just want to remind you that the website is www.radio-podcast.net and all of our contact information is on there. Including links to our Facebook group. We have a fan page. There's the Twitter account at, radio, at underscore radio podcast and links to all of our past radio music halls. Um, there's a neat little playlist for those and Lots of fun stuff. It is fun, right? <laughs> it's all fun. Um, if you're not sick of us yet, uh, you can also hear some of the other podcasts that we've been on. Um, so The uh, episode okay. three, the happy eighth birthday bugle, has been really popular the past week, which may have something to do with the suggestion that we received to relabel the podcast with a brief description of what was in each episode. So having done that... Um, that one picked up a lot of traction. Maybe because it's got Bugle in the name. I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're trying to help us help you. Give us whatever kind of feedback um, that you feel that we need. Um, or Except just... shut up. <laughs> we'll hear it. We just won't do it. <laughs> we'll ignore you. <laughs> yeah, we just we want to make this as good for you as possible. Was it good for you, darling? Uh Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, as usual, all of that said, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this week's radio podcast. I am Robert, the offshore professional. And I am Diana with a cool glass of Fonseca. Which makes her a Fonseca, if you know what I mean. Uh, Mr. Secord, please play us out. Quickly. Quickly. <laughs>